I'm Andrea Hope, and this is To Mother. Episode 20, Summer School. Hi, lovelies. I'm Andrea Hope. I'm a Baha'i mom, a wife, a poet, among many other things, and this is my podcast to mother, where I share my reflections about parenting with purpose in the modern world. So I share some quotes from the Baha'i writings that inspire me, some practical tips and resources, and sometimes my poetry. So today my episode's going to be a little bit different in terms of Uh, the structure because usually I am doing uh, writing from the faith and then I'm doing one practical living the life tip and then giving a resource and reading a poem. But today I'm doing more of a list episode because we're going to be talking about summer fun or ideas for summer schools given that most of our summer schools have been canceled or we're having to adapt to having them online, which can be especially difficult for families because a lot of learning happens face-to-face. And so I wanted to take this opportunity, while we still have a bit of summer left, to talk about some ideas for summer schools or summer activities, summer fun. So before we get into that, just to give you an update on what's going on with me, I'm actually preparing to go to the United States. Uh, For those who don't know me, uh, my husband is Polish and I am American, African-American. I'd like to say just American, but African-American, I think, more fully uh, describes my experience. (laughs) And yeah, so we were supposed to go in April to the United States and obviously there were travel restrictions and a lot of precautions and so we had to cancel our flight and we rebooked for August hoping that by August things would have gotten better and in many places they have for instance in Poland things are pretty much open again you are wearing masks in public spaces but other than that things are kind of back to how they were before but in a lot of parts of the United States it hasn't been like that. Um, I won't get into the reasons why things have been slower to uh, go back in the United States, but yeah, it hasn't been like that. So we have these plans to go and hopefully spend a couple of weeks in the D.C. area in August. I'm being as detached as possible from the fact that, you know, we are only going to do it if it's safe to do, if it makes sense, if we can do it in a way that respects the laws of the countries and everything like that. So as detached as I can be because I haven't been back to the United States since I became a mother. So there's family members that I have who haven't met our daughter and our son. My husband has never been to the United States, so it definitely would really mean a lot for me to to have him go, even in this time frame, but yeah, just to have him go and to be with family and to feel supported and be supported, you know, living in a foreign, I hate to say foreign country because, you know, every country has its own challenges and its own strengths and everything like that. But living in a place, I will say, where I don't know the primary language and in a smaller city has been really a challenge for me. And especially at this time where things are heightened because of social distancing and because of a lot of issues coming to the surface of social justice, racial justice, it would be nice to be with that home community and also to feel like I could support them. So please just, you know, offer a prayer for me if you feel so inspired that we'll be able to align with the will of God. And if that means that we'll be able to see my family, that would be really wonderful. And if that means that we need to stay in Poland and find some other way to interact with that, then that will be acceptable uh, (laughs) as well. So anyway, yeah, this week also we were going to talk about junior youth groups 
But uh, Mallory, her husband, Colby, actually has a lot of experience with junior youth groups, so we were hoping that he could join us. But they have a situation going on with one of the junior youth, I believe, in their community whose mother has been taken to a detention center for immigrants. And so they're trying to figure out that situation. And Colby has written about it on his social media. So if you follow Colby Jeffers or Elevated Conversations and you want to know more about that or how they're asking people to help, you could definitely take a look. So it was timely for us to kind of reschedule that. And I wanted to have this episode at some point and the sooner the better um, before summer is over. So I'm going to give my top 10 tips right now that I have for summer fun. As with everything, if you have other ideas or suggestions, please, please let me know. You can email me at info at andreahope.org. Or even better, when you email me, you can record your voice giving your tip or your resource about any stage of motherhood or anything that relates the Baha'i faith to parenting. And I would love to play it on the show and have a discussion about it. So for today, I am going to start with a quote before we get into the tips, and it is about summer schools from a letter written on behalf of Shogi Effendi. Regarding your summer school, he is indeed grateful to your assembly for the great success that has attended your efforts for the formation of this institution, the teaching value of which for England cannot be overestimated. The Guardian would therefore urge all the believers to persevere in their efforts for raising the standard, both intellectual and spiritual, of their summer school, and to heighten its prestige in the eyes of the friends and of the general non-Baha'i public outside. The institution of the summer school constitutes a vital and inseparable part of any teaching campaign, as such ought to be given the full importance it deserves in the teaching plans and activities of the believers. It should be organized in such a way as to attract the attention of the non-believers to the cause and thus become an effective medium for teaching. Also, it should afford the believers themselves an opportunity to deepen their knowledge of the teachings through lectures and discussions and by means of close and intense community life. When I think of summer, I definitely think of community life and I think of hands-on and I think of practical learning because during the school year, I think the focus is a lot more on academics. So I really think of the summer as a time to focus more on hands-on interacting and being a part of your community life. These are the things that we can focus a bit more on the summer that we might not have as much time to do during the academic year. So this quote really emphasizes, it's talking about England, but of course we can apply it to many places, uh, raising this intellectual and spiritual standard making sure that these summer schools are attracted to not only Baha'is, but to the whole community and that they're intensifying community life and helping us deepen in the understanding of the teachings. So I thought that was really important. I know a lot of us, as I said before, maybe summer school has been canceled or there have been some adjustments. I think in our community, there are a number of workshops that are being offered through Zoom, but these are for adults. So I wanted to 
think of ways where maybe if you're not able to organize a summer school because it's something that is through the institutions, at least if you want to think about a summer activity that also has these qualities of bringing in the larger community and focusing and developing community life, these are some ideas, given the circumstances that we have right now, that could be helpful. And maybe you can even reach out to members of institutions and see if it's something that you can do on a larger scale. So the first thing that I'm uh, actually doing in my home is that I am scrapbooking the Baha'i history of my family. So I have a scrapbook and I wrote on it my Baha'i story, I believe. And I'm learning about the history of the Baha'i faith in my family. There's many things that I know, but I'm also taking this opportunity to connect with my family members and ask questions and look for pictures and stories and things like that and have this, which I hope is going to be a wonderful resource for myself and also for our children. Who was the first Baha'i in the family? Where did they pioneer to or how did they learn about the faith? In my case, it was my great grandparents, but in your case, you might be the first or you might be from a long line of Baha'i. So whoever the first one is, uh, including that and pilgrimage or any significant holy days or trips or, you know, anything about your story that you really like to have a record of and really to use it as an opportunity within your family and possibly even within your community to discuss the history of the faith. So maybe that means, for instance, in Poland, when I get to the part where I'm going to talk about our life in Poland, that would be an opportunity to reach out to our community and maybe say a bit about who was the first Baha'i in Poland or what does the Polish Baha'i community look like here and to encourage other families to document their stories as well. So that's the first idea, which is to scrapbook. And I should say these ideas are not in any specific order. I didn't rank them or anything like that. The second idea actually comes from one of my mom friends and her name is Maeve. And I'm actually going to read the comment that she had on Facebook. Go somewhere with flowers either fields with wildflowers or an open garden, and say prayers and writings with flower imagery. Then collect any fallen petals or leaves or twigs to make art with, possibly to decorate a printout of the quote or writing discuss. You can do a similar activity with writings and prayers with water imagery and go to a lake, pond, river, or the beach and play with the water and take water cupped in your hands and watch how the drops rejoin with the sea, lake, or river. And there are lots of arts one can do with water like watercolors or paper marbling or tie-dye. So I thought these were great ideas and I would put this tip under the theme of a deepening on nature. So you're going outside, which is one of the things we really want to do during the summer and something that you can do while being uh, socially distant or I don't know, physically distant from other people. And there are so many wonderful writings, especially from Abdul Baha about nature and comparing nature to the spiritual principles. So she's giving two ideas with the flowers and the water where you could deepen on your understanding of this teaching through interacting with it physically and deepening on a quote. So I love, love, love that, May. Thanks so much for sharing it. The next thing that I've thought about uh, is traveling like the early believers. So when I was in Haifa, for instance, we got together with this group and we walked from the shrine in Haifa to the shrine in Akka. So it actually ended up taking us, I think, 11 hours because we did get lost, <laughs> which is part of, you know, part of the fun, part of the lesson, the journey. 
And uh, what was really interesting about it and could be for you all as well is to try to start the journey without using electronics. So can you just take a map and try to go from one place to a another? Maybe that's walking to your local Baha'i Center. If you don't have a Baha'i Center, you know, you can choose some other area that is symbolic that represents one of the principles like justice or unity. Maybe there's a statue or a building or uh, definitely there's some place in your community that represents one of these important principles. And can you travel like the early believers did? Can you travel with just a map and just some snacks? What would you take with you? What do you think they were thinking? What were some of their challenges? You know, can you travel without stopping at the gas station <laughs> um, by foot? And I think this would be a really, really interesting activity for communities and something, again, where you can uh, keep your distance. Maybe you want to take some dates along with you and along the way, maybe you want to stop and read some stories about the early believers. And I think trying to travel like the early believers without electronics, at least for, let's give yourself a time limit. Maybe you say, okay, for the first hour, we're going to do this without electronics and really try to, to, to feel what it's like. So the fourth one that I have is about care packages. I have created on my website a link to multicultural arts and craft supplies. So I was thinking about I'm always having so many artistic ideas because that's just how my brain works. And I was thinking, man, I would really love to have a toy store, an arts and craft store for Baha'i families. I don't have the income to do that right now. I don't have the inventory <laughs> for that. And I can't afford to have the inventory. So I had this idea that in the meantime, I was going to look up some kinds of arts and craft supplies that I would really like to have in that store and at least start out by compiling this list and linking to them so people can just get to know that they're available and use them. And But that's on my website right now, andreahope.org slash shop.html. And so I've put together things like, you know, the different color skin tone construction paper, but also things like crafting around the world or a book on how to draw faces that shows you all different kinds of ethnicities and skin tones and hairstyles and stuff like that. So there's some really great stuff on there that I'm definitely going to get. And yeah, someone was saying, oh, this is great because we were thinking about creating racial unity packets for families in our community. And I was like, oh, that's like such a sweet idea. So you can put some of these supplies together and some quotes or some study questions and deliver them to families of people in your children's class or things like that and so I've heard of those kind of care packages but I also want to mention that I know some people have been doing care packages for essential workers which is a really fabulous idea or doing care packages for feasts so while they can't meet in person they're using it as an opportunity to connect people who would usually come to their house by feast by dropping off little packages and then you know maybe having their zoom call together and everyone has their package which is I just think that's just sweetie 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 a <laughs> sweet thing and then so another mom listed something and she actually lists several ideas her name is Emily so I'm not going to put them all together because I want to kind of separate it out a bit but the first one that she put was a Baha'i themed scavenger hunt so definitely that could be a lot of fun if you do it citywide or if you even just do it within your house to try to think of 
what stories or what virtues or principles you could incorporate into doing a little scavenger hunt and playing around with ideas of symbolism and clues and things like that. So maybe older kids could also even get involved in helping make the clues for each other or yeah, there's different ways that you could do that and that's something you can get really creative with depending on the age of your children. You can make it work for each different stage. The next one, number six, yeah, <laughs> we're at six now, is having a performing arts night. So I think I talked about this in a previous episode about having a Zoom talent show, but this is a similar idea where, whether it's a devotional or just a theme performing arts night, where you're going to pick a principle or a teaching of the faith to deepen on, and you're going to invite not only the Baha'i community, but any of your friends or family, people in your community that you think would be interested in deepening on this theme, and you're going to invite them to showcase their reflections on it through some type of artistic performance. And if you're thinking about this, and you're thinking, well, I'm not really good at any of the performing arts, I don't play an instrument, or things like that, I want to encourage you, one, you can host it, Hosting is very important and very helpful and you just need to talk and make sure that you're organizing and have the list of performers and that you're introducing people and just keeping the mood joyful and united. And so that's one thing you can do is definitely host if you're not feeling inclined that you could perform. And the other thing is, I've said it before, I'll say it again probably many times, do not underestimate the power of storytelling. So even if you feel that you're not talented in performing arts, you can find a really compelling or funny or joyful story about an early believer or about anyone in society who reflects the virtue that's the theme of the night. There is such power in a great short story. Don't underestimate it. Okay, so number seven, we're going to move on to, oh, learning more about the hands of the cause. I thought this one would be important because unlike different institutions that Universal House of Justice or our national or local spiritual assemblies, the International Teaching Center, which is, these are ongoing institutions, this is an institution that there won't be anyone else appointed to this position. And so there might be less opportunities where someone might hear their stories or interact with their stories. So I thought the summertime might be a really great time to deepen on these stories of the hands of the cause of God. And I, a couple years ago, got this DVD set that's available at the Baha'i U.S. bookstore, where it is DVDs of the lives and interactions and interviewing each other, different hands of the cause. And it's so sweet. It's just so inspiring and wonderful. And based on that, I did create these activity sheets that just have a picture of a hand that you can color and they also have instructions for kids to do their own research and then write a short story about the hand of the cause and then pick out a few virtues that they recognize from their life and talk about how we could use it in our lives. So to begin with, I did Rukhia Kanum, Louis Gregory, Ali Akbar Furitan, William Sears, and Amelia Collins. So obviously it was really hard to choose just five, but those were the ones that I just chose at the beginning. And if it's something that people are interested in, then I can do another set and you can let me know who you would love to see in the next set. Of course, all of them are great. All of them are wonderful to learn about. But yeah, if you know, you just have to choose. So definitely give me feedback if you have anything on that. And you could see a link to that also on my website. Number eight is 
Can I read my own handwriting? A drive-in. So I don't think I've ever gone to a drive-in event, but I think this is becoming more popular again. So if you have the means and you have the organizational skills, that would be something really cool to pick a film that has a spiritual significance or to have a performance where people could drive in and practice their distancing while having a lot of fun and still being physically present for some things. The next one we're moving on to animals. So we took our daughter for the very first time to the zoo this summer and she is two and she loves animals. I think they're just so fascinating because they have different shapes and sizes and colors and make different noises. I know she especially likes to do the animal noises and so we thought you know she's only seen these in figurines and pictures that we do games where we match up the figurines and the pictures and it would be really wonderful for her to see something besides cats and dogs and birds and have her see some of the larger animals that she's come to know from our games. Honestly, usually I am not interested in going to the zoo. I often just personally find it quite sad. But I have to say that I was pleasantly surprised when we went to the zoo in Gdansk, Poland because just in my experience, I prefer going on a safari where they have a bit more of a natural habitat and they seem a bit more comfortable and we're kind of driving through their world. But in Gdansk, these areas that they had the animals in were quite large and so I was really impressed by that. So yeah, there, it doesn't necessarily have to be a zoo, but if there's a farm or there's some place that you could go not too far from your home where there could be an interaction with animals and to talk about the difference between humans and animals and what we might learn from animals and what animals might take from us. That could be something where you could go with more than just your family and still keep a distance. And then the last one, number 10, is having a trunk party. I think I actually heard about this idea first when it came to Halloween, so that was before the pandemic, but it's a great idea where parents park their cars in a parking lot and they have decorated their trunks for a theme and then the kids can go around and look at the different trunks and you can sit around and you're still distant but I thought wow that's really cool so you could pick a theme again like maybe you're going to pick the unity of the human race because that's a really wonderful theme to pick right now or you're going to pick taking care of our earth and you're going to all decorate your trunks with something you know kind of like a science project where you all have your little poster boards and you're displaying <laughs> something and then people can walk around and look and you could have some kind of handout or some little treat I'm usually not a person who likes to give out candy um, and sweets because I feel like people get plenty of those kids get plenty of that stuff from <laughs> other places so I would say maybe more like these multicultural art supplies or an earth stencil or book. I think we should bring back giving out books <laughs> and talking about books. So a little book that you think would be really great. So those are the top 10 tips I have for having summer activities that you can deepen in the teachings and invite your community into. And I'll just say them quickly again, scrapbooking, connecting with nature, traveling like the early believers, care packages, scavenger hunts, a performing arts night, uh, deepening on the hands of the cause, having a drive-in concert or film, connecting with animals, and having trunk parties. 
So I hope those give you some good ideas. And if you want to add anything, get in touch with me. And I hope that you're able to make the most of the rest of your summer and to build community. And, you know, I would just take this break to say thanks so much for listening to this podcast. (laughs) There's a lot of podcasts out there. There are so many that you could be listening to. And it's really exciting to start hearing from moms here and there that they listened to it or they that they found an episode helpful or they played it in their community. So whoever out there, whether I know you or not who's listening, I appreciate you. You have a lot of options. So thanks for listening and I hope that you will share if you find this helpful or that you'll engage in some of these ideas and give me some feedback and I'll talk to you next time. To Mother is an individual initiative and provides only the personal reflections and insights of its creator. That's me. For more information about the Baha'i faith, including access to the official writings and contacts for Baha'is in your community, please visit Baha'i.org.